Hiya. Welcome to Natchcast. Episode 10. Loyal listeners know exactly what that means. Mark Brush, who had a very sheltered childhood. I don't know what he said as he was drinking gimlets, but I think he means lemonade. He is drinking his very first 40 ounce tonight. And I do mean tonight, because normally we record on Wednesday mornings. Not, not going to happen. Or actually did not happen, because it just happened. I watched Mark drink almost a third of a 40, and he's not leaving my house until he finishes it, so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, Mark drank a Colt 45. He's officially a member of the Southside Church of Billy D. For those of you who came here looking for food-related things, we, we got some of that too. We talk about chocolate, well, bullshit chocolate. We talk about farm-to-table bullshit. We talk about Amazon bullshit. We talk about poor, poor bees on the verge of being replaced by drone bees. Ah, oh, it gets dark. But there's light at the end of the tunnel, too. Because we're drinking 40s. Episode 10. <coughs> Begin! I only have one, one, well, no, I have nine things on the agenda. Only one thing matters, Mark. Yeah, first one. Let's give the people what they want. Mark Brush. I'm videoing this for the gram here, at Real Natch. Mark Brush, drinking his, Mark Peacock Brush. Give me the verbal cue. Drinking his very first 40 ounce. Smells like light beer. Tastes fine. Right, not that bad. Tastes like Bud Light. No? So I have a Mickey's. I have not had a Mickey's, geez, in probably like seven years. Seven and a half years. How's that compare to my Colt? Well, I'll let you taste it. I remember Mickey's being strangely like creamier almost. It doesn't taste like light beer as that much. Sounds better. That's better. This is very Bud Light. I don't know. What's the malt? I don't know. I should have looked that up before we started. I was going to give you this whole history lesson. Yeah, let me have one more sip. Mm-hmm. How's your Mickey's? It's kind of as good as I remembered in a weird way. I thought it was going to really gross me out. This is, this is like just a little an aggressive light beer. Well, it won't feel like a light beer probably. If you, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend drinking all it of that. It is quite large. Well, yeah, they're huge. Yeah. And the thing is, like, you drink them fast because you don't want them to get warm. Mm. And, like, they're in your hand. So this is advice do. from Greg. This is just advice from any 40 drinker, probably, who, you know, gave it a little bit of thought. I think Greg's advice was to keep a bucket of ice and store it in that kind of like a champagne, a bottle of champagne, and then you could pour little drinks into a glass. That's how he thought a man of your advanced age should be drinking. Where's my bucket? Yeah, I wanted to give you a more real... 40 experience so far so good yeah you're 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 impressing me (laughs) i'm very moved by your performance i don't it's it's not even performance it's just like it's real i don't perform just grabbing it first story hit me oh this came in over the transom from uh the lovely kurt lovely kurt oh yes from uh boco media i'm gonna say boulder colorado is that boco Boco? Boco. 
Oh, like Bo. Oh, gotcha. Boca. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think you said Boca at first, and that's no, like no, no, Boco. Meatless patties. Yep. Kurt Pessman. Kurt Pessman. Yeah, a real name here. Wow. No shaggy brownie on this one. All right, Kurt Pessman, what you got for us? It says, uh, in the world of food studies, uh, what's worse than necrophilia? Oh. Okay. Misusing chocolate. Call it mm. chocophilia. Chocophilia. Oh, then we get a direct, we get a, we get a tip here. Not quite a whole Natch cast, but lots to chew on. Mm. That was nice. So you read this? I'm looking at, uh, this is another Gawker property, not Gawker. What is this called? Is it IO9? Correct. I think. Is that what you say? Yeah. You know what it, okay. So what'd this guy do? He, he basically made up, it's not like he totally made it up. Well, no, this is really he performed interesting. a half-ass clinical study on chocolate as a weight loss strategy. Well, it wasn't. It was only half-assed in a sense. I think the only way it was half-assed is that they didn't have a very big uh, group. They didn't study a very yeah. But I think he went by large like group. the rules. That's what I mean. Of weight Everything loss else studies. was kind of done as you know industry norm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of like, but they went into it self referentially self-consciously said we're going to show how ridiculous these weight loss studies are mm-hmm. and the medical doctor that facilitated the just, thing was in on it yeah we're going to wrap the media around our finger but i think it was more yeah it was more it was about like duping a lot of the lazy media. people the because media. yeah i feel like a lot of this too is really kind oh, of surprisingly no podcasters were duped in this huh what does that tell you <laughs> That's where you go for the truth in the that, new world order. That they order. didn't send podcasters their press release. John Bohannon. John Bohannon. John Bonham. Amazing drummer. Yes. But an even better journalist. I'm having a sip. His other point, too, is like that uh, in the realm of scientific journalism, he feels like a lot of the journalists are now kind of treating it like a gossip rag. They're not... Because to be a, an effective scientific journalist, you need to have a background in science, right? So that you would see a press release like that, you'd read it, and you'd find it intriguing, and then you go, wait a minute, how big was this study? Like, how many people were in this group study? There's a special skill set. Exactly. But. That these journalists don't have, and then there's just, it's indicative of a bigger problem, too. Well, yeah, but it, there's a, it's the scuttlebutt of the, <laughs> thank you, of the um, supplements crowd. Because yeah. they're often playing off scientific studies. You, sure. uh, you know, like ginkgo biloba yeah. reduced my tinnitus. Do you mean tinnitus? I don't know. By 10% because these four people over in Amsterdam that we paid to do the right kind of study said so. Yeah, I feel like if you, if you, want, if you decided that you... So that these journals that are just publishing studies, mm-hmm. often negatively about... Fish oil used to be considered this godsend of health, and now, oh, it's correlated, not causated, mm. Mm, to, um, you know, uh, advanced prostate cancer in people that have been circumcised. That is such bullshit. Not circumcised. No, that whole thing. Is what's just... the, but what's the term? Yeah. Rendered, uh, uh, after, after, so you can't have kids. Oh, oh, vasectomy. Vasectomy. Jesus. Yeah. I know. You're trying to make me that regret was my vasectomy. That's We've what been I was down getting this road at, before. But I went with circumcised. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I blew it. In uh, any case, yeah, that, this, for this any is a healing. very exhaustive article. <laughs> I mean, he really runs down every weak link in the chain. It is. I was very impressed with this article. It was well reported and well concocted. 
I guess that's the thing. The ruse of the study, and yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's kind like of um, it's very damning okay. when they when they uh, get to the media part and go, "Oh well, yeah, here's how we got coverage at every major outlet imaginable: mm-hmm. Men's Health, et cetera, et cetera." Right? Yeah, and he said he talked to all these reporters. None of them asked how big was your um, was Men's Health one of them. I'm afraid Shape. to look at my phone yeah, for possible look. interference. Uh, the Huffington Post was definitely one of them. Men's Health confirmed. Yeah, not slanderous. Yeah, it's just indicative of a bigger uh, cultural problem. I think it's probably tied to convenience, and it's just well, yeah. It's like I think we just want to be distracted more than we want to be informed. That's what's happening here. Like you said just there, we want to be distracted. We want to binge watch an entire season of some fucking show on Netflix over a weekend rather than read some What's books. What's your problem or, with binge watching? Binge watching is not good. What? I'll tell you why. It's so much better than having to like wait week after no, week. It's actually not good to wait week after week because the shows that I binge watch, you know, you watch like three, two or, two or three episodes in a night. Yeah, that's it what I It blurs do. together. You barely, mm. by the next morning, you're like, you, you're not, it's all one three hour blur. But you watch one show. Then you know you have to wait till the next week to watch the next uh, episode in the series. You think about what happened in that one episode. You turn mm. it over in your mind. You anticipate what might happen in the next episode. You wonder about what ha- might happen with the characters. You think about the the, the story arc, the arc character of the arcs, story, uh-huh. all that stuff. You when you're you just do. like plowing through that shit. Shit! If you're Josh Tyson, this is exactly what you do. If you're Mark Brush, <laughs> it's what you should be doing. Not binge watching half asleep on the fucking couch. <laughs> oh, I'm wide awake. I'm a night owl. Yeah, I know that about you. <laughs> what are you trying to whistle? Yes. You used to be able to do bird calls. Where's your owl? I'm trying to get it in the mic. Oh man, I'm really glad we have that now. That could be a new sound effect. <laughs> screech owl, Eastern screech owl, Eastern screech owl in the basement. Boom. Anyway. Great article from Kurt. Chocolate, yeah, I mean, don't screw with chocolate. I don't know. I don't. I, there's a lot of... A little dark chocolate's good for you, right? I still I believe it. No, I believe I think, it. I, think I believe people it. looking for easy cure I'm not going to use it for a weight loss program. I think what you got to do is listen to your but fucking body. But for a body. balanced diet, a little bit of sweet here and there. I don't think you need a whole bar of this shit a day, which is what that study advocated. You need a One bar of chocolate bar a, day. a day. Is that a lot? Well, it depends on how big the bar is. Maybe it says in there. If, it's if like, I got a bar in the house... You're going to eat the whole thing. I'm eating the whole thing. <laughs> wow. See, I buy one bar, and it lasts about a week and a half. No And way. that's the kids eating it, too. We eat one square at a time. You do not. <clears throat> I do. Oh, you know, I think I wrote You're about like it in a Natch wife. article, the one about, maybe it's the one about that's people Jenny snorting does. chocolate. One bar. And I'm like, are you kidding me? No. Remember she, the article about the people <laughs> snorting chocolate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I talk about in my brilliant intro to that article. Oh, please go to the website and uh, read this. No, I can't. It'll interfere. I've turned no, no, I'm out. telling people to do that. You don't go do it right now. And if you're listening, don't go do it right now. Keep listening to what we're saying. Well, you can do both but if hey, you're listening. Before you start binge-watching that show later, read this article. Let them snort chocolate, I believe, is the uh, headline. The point is, Eustace Conway, he's like this uh, mm. kind of modern-day Davy Crockett. Bet. And Elizabeth Gilbert, who later went on to write Eat, Pray, Love. Right. She wrote this book about him years before called The mm. Last American Man. It's a fascinating book. He like hunts all his own food, and he's he's kind of carved out this watershed area where he lives called Turtle Island, I think. It's I'm halfway there. Do you see what I wrote over in my uh, ultralight rain shell? Yeah, you and Eustace Conway. <laughs> his is probably made of deer skin. 
But this guy... Oh, but he's not, he's not moving around. Let me tell you... He's he, not itinerant. Here's how he eats chocolate. Yeah. He breaks off a tiny little piece. Yeah. He sticks, sticks it, it right down. up his ass. No, he sticks it down like in his gum line like it was chaw or oh, chew. I kind of like that, like a slow drip. And then he drip. just lets it dissolve. Yeah, it's like an IV. He enjoys the flavor of the chocolate over the course of a couple hours while within minutes you've devoured a whole bar. Just saying. I'm half the man. But the other thing I'm saying, because I'm saying all sorts of shit here. <laughs> None of it. No, this is very relevant. It's like, everyone wants some bullshit quick fix thing. Like, oh, I can eat the foods I love in yeah, excess yeah, yeah. and I'm it'll cure me of all my ails. Like, yeah. Well, that's my point. I'm not going to eat. If you want that information, this guy proves that someone can generate it for you and other people can feed it to you. Boom. You just dropped some knowledge. Fucking A. T-shirt time. Nice. Good job. Thank you. Go have a sip. Yeah, Moving on. I've earned a drink. Although this is your story. Josh brings us from the wilds of uh, Vanity Fair. That's right. Where they wear their own deer skins and what, the wilds Fair? of Manhattan. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, I, I miss Vanity Fair. Farm to Fair. table. Big, yeah. big, big old blast attack on farm to table. Hoopa! Yeah. Get that shit out of my restaurant, off my menu, out of my head. Bastardized, meaningless. Corby Coomer. Is that who wrote it? That's the author. Is it time to table farm to table? The farm to table movement has run amok as restaurants everywhere provide exhausting pedigrees for every morsel. When did where food comes from start to matter more than how it tastes? And now I'm putting the phone down. Oh my God. We gotta, the forties are taking hold. It's an awkward setup for this podcast. We're just getting into our groove here. Yeah, kids are sleeping. We're in sort a, of trying to be quiet. We're in a weird room. That's actually kind of a quaint, cozy room. It's a nice room, but we're having all sorts of uh, technical difficulties. No, technical opportunities for improvement. Bingo. So anyway, what she's talking about is like what started as Alice Waters being a good friend of her farmer buddies Japanese. yeah has now turned into like something very kitschy yep. that assholes i mean those it's what we do marketing what we do. gurus at mcdonald's are starting to try and cash in on people like it big goddamn it. mess let's just take it and use it however we want yep let's stretch it let's okay under a different guys when i'm not podcasting i uh you gonna talk? i don't think this was even ideating this was more uh what's the verb for doing uh bullshitting intelligence work oh yeah bullshitting okay when i was bullshitting think taking think taking think tanking <laughs> oh drunk tanking i got to talk to the chef at um well i think he's the founder too at beast and bottle in oh, okay, denver yeah. it's like a whole An animal oh, awful don't call his restaurant <laughs> awful no, that on. is uncalled for don't you have a fine dining background yeah, and I used to mispronounce words there too because it's pronunciations are reflect. They're 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 flexible, they're malleable. They're malleable, stretchable, stretchable, bendable. You can poke holes Pull in them all you want. Well, no, it's just what because because ten thousand people agree that's how you say it. That uh, they're, then they're right. No, I'm going to say eight billion. There are not. There's not even eight billion people who know what awful awful is. So this guy, my campaign is that you don't. Why would you call it awful? It's related to food. It's already something that's hard to sell as food, and you're going to pronounce it awful. Really? <laughs> it's time to turn turn things a little bit. Tweak it. Yeah. Oh, fall. Doesn't uh, oh, fall. Is it time to table? Farm elegant. to table? Is it time to awful? To de-awful awful? oh, fall. Which would you rather eat? Something called awful or something called oh, fall? I want to eat what it is. 
You don't have to put it in a bucket the, for me. The butthole of an animal? If that's what it is. Okay. I want to see it. Fried butthole. Well, no. It's stupid that people are weird about eating, you know, what First are considered all, less savory pieces of meat. Butthole because... is a common... Oh, did you not oh, listen to that This American Life? Calamari. Yeah. Yeah, that's there good stuff. Go. Pig rectum. <laughs> Tastes just like calamari. Man. Don't so... go listen to another podcast, but if you do listen to one other podcast this week... Make it no, that listen, episode of This American Life. I talked to this fine young man, Paul Riley. Okay. Chef, restaurateur, <clears throat> beast plus, bo- plus. No. Beast plus bottle. Thank God it's not an ampersand. In Denver. I love ampersands. No. Talk about something that should be tabled, a restaurant <sighs> trend that needs to fucking die. It's the ampersand. But beyond that, bring it back. Okay. Save the ampersand. We can talk about that. Yeah, fisticuffs. Um. For the yeah. texting generation, so quick. I'd rather see a plus, honestly, than an ampersand. Ugh, too, because ampersand, too ampersand is actually tied to this whole farm to table nonsense. Ampersand it's is like such this a obsession lovely, with like rustic bullshit. Seraphy. And it's always stuff that makes no sense. You want to go all sans serif. Yeah, this rustic, yeah, you know. Look at you. I'm just saying. <laughs> like twigs hollow and fern. Yeah, I'm not with you. I, but that's, what it, that's where it's headed. Okay. Okay. Beast plus bottle. I'm okay with that. I like that. This guy. Oh, so you talked to the chef there, right? Yeah, I did. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me what he had to say already. Well, we were talking about uh, his approach to cuisine, which Mm. is to use the whole animal. Mm -hmm. So so a lot of the time he's introducing new cuts to the crowd. Like a DJ. And interesting aside, the one thing that really he couldn't sell. He's tried over and over. I'll give you a guess. Sweetbreads? Nope. Um, People love Brains? Nope. People like brains, too. One more guess. Tongue. Bang! No! Yeah. You know why? I know why. Do you know why? I know exactly why. Because of the taste buds. Mm, Close. When I lived in Chicago? Texture of one tongue on your own tongue, no sale. Mm, Yes and no. Because when I... Oh, I'm going to... There was a wonderful taco restaurant. I forget what it was called, but it was near my house in Chicago. (coughs) I think it was was called um, Twig and Leaf. No, no, no. It was like authentic street twig and leaf horchata Mexican yeah, right, taco place. Yeah, okay. It wasn't like a trendy place. It was like a regular ass taco place. Uh-huh. And at, and this was back in the Mickey's 40 drinking days. Well, cheers to that. So after I'd had a Mickey's or two, or if it was a crazy night and we were all drunk and it was open late, we'd go there and I'd always get one tongue taco. And almost every bite was delicious because tongue meat is actually quite tender. Uh, and it's, it's, it's good. It's flavorful. I think that's but the one place people are eating it. In tacos. But yeah. every once in a while, you get a little piece that has a freaking taste bud on it, and it pops Ooh. between your teeth like a zit. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and it remi- then that is the visceral moment where you're like, oh, I'm eating another animal's fucking tongue. Do you have any sensation of what a zit feels like popping between your teeth? Can you? Is there a reference point for you with this? No comment. It's a fetish group. There's only a few of us. No. But I'm just saying, you know, Let's the, the feeling of like that, that pressure building up and then yeah. it's like that you bite down and you, it's almost like time slows down for a second Ooh. and you can kind of feel it because it's rubbery like, and then, oh, it goes, crap, then it goes, then it goes, what but, comes out? What's in that taste bud? Nothing really. It's Clear liquid. Kind of gristly in a way. It's, you don't feel a liquid blast or anything. It's just like, it's, it's one small. of those, like a visceral reminder of, yeah, I'm, I just ate. Well, that's my point. It's the visceral. So here's where we come together. Mm-hmm. You're remembering tongue on tongue, and there's something about tongue on tongue. In this, that, that was his take. Well, but dead tongue on tongue, live tongue on tongue, hot, in the right context. 
That was the aside. The real point here mm-hmm. was that, yes, because I was talking about sustainability. Mm. Now, if you want to be sustainable, wow, whole animal cuisine, that's one way to do it. American Indian style. And so if you have like one, well, that's one point was various cultures. I think we were talking about Middle East and uh, probably Latin Maybe it was strictly Mexican. I don't know. Strictly Mexican? Well, I don't know if it was that specific. But that those cultures were introducing these new cuts. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Well, you know, you got to think about southern, then, southern cuisine, too, in the United States. Because you had... It comes from people who were fucking slaves, who were given the worst parts of the animal to eat. And they figured and they out how to how make it taste better than... They know how to cook it all. Yeah. Cause they but were, the real point here is that, yes, the term... He, he, I think he had instructed his PR folks to like never use the term sustainability. Already bastardized. It's like the word green or was, natural or is natural now. is now. <laughs> so what is he going with? Resp- harv- it's about harvesting. I think it was responsibly harvested, Ooh. which is getting more specific. Yeah, I feel like that's mixing metaphors a bit because not oh, enough people realize that when you say I harvested an animal, it means I killed them. No, well, maybe that's good. I'm harvesting chickens today. Uh, what's that mean? What are you, you giving them something to eat? What? What's that like? Oh no, I grab them by the neck and I spin them around. <laughs> is that right? Well, that's how. That's like a rustic way to give harvest them a quick a chicken. twist. You grab the neck and you just whoa, 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 whip it around, like one of those weird could you, could birthday parties. Could you just twist them real quick? Or do, do you still people don't just chop them off? People do that too. I guess people do everything, but that gets messy because you chop off a chicken's head and it like. The one out of whatever eight chickens that gets up and runs around for a half hour, spewing blood everywhere. That's fine if you're on a farm, but if it's in your little backyard chicken farm and blood spraying all over the if side of your house, if you're in, uh, have fun cleaning that up. Yeah, your Brooklyn, windows, open. Williamsburg. Yeah, right. Then you're getting blood on your neighbor's shit. <sighs> you're harshing some mellows. Yeah. All right, you just sit there and listen. All right. Eat clean. Would you eat cheese made from Wait, belly what? button bacteria? Why, we have to talk about this. Yeah. What about Ofal? What about Ofal? Are we done? Yeah, I'm giving you a quick hit here. Maybe I'm giving I the people to talk some about news. Some chef I talk to. I used to talk to chefs all the time too. <laughs> Would you eat cheese? I'm trying to keep it moving along. Ah, fine. Why is this in food? Oh, I guess it's food technology. Caroline Praderio. Eat clean. Would you eat cheese made from belly button bacteria? I really guess I don't need to read much more of this. That's pretty much all you need to know. <laughs> Sums it up, I guess. <laughs> Although there was interesting... Th- uh, what This is this I must read. Okay. What could possibly be more natural than dairy fermented by your own skin bacteria? Nothing. In fact, bacteria used in cheese making, like lactobacillus... Wait, but how is that more natural than another... T- are exactly the same or extremely similar to the bacteria on and in our bodies. Where's the where do we get to the that is oh a boy where's a misleading and strange sentence? There's an even better one. If coming, bacteria buddy. is occurring naturally, it doesn't matter where it's coming from. How could one be more natural than the other? I get what she's trying to say or he's trying to say, but I'm this is just so a this weird is, sensational cr- article. No, Christina Agapakis, PhD. So she discovered how to make this cheese from human body bacteria. Uh, but oh, let's move on to um, I don't know, Cecilia Westbrook an MD, PhD student at the University of Wisconsin, what did she do? She figured out how to use her own vaginal bacteria to make yogurt. Yeah. Their job, not, a, not even a flinch. <laughs> what? <laughs> She's like, 
<laughs> started grooving on that one. Yeah, it all comes from the same. We're all stardust, yeah. baby. It doesn't fucking matter Yeah, where your bacteria comes from. You are like misplaced. You should have been, I don't know, like 68. 1968? Yeah, 1968. No way, man. I'm a man for all seasons. <laughs> no, I think 68 this was shit, your time. This shit flies no matter what fucking uh, day it is, what year it is. What time is it? Moving on. Wait, that's it? We're not. You yeah, just, you just wanted to, to throw that out yeah, there? Yeah, it's just giving some people Would something you to think about. Vagina cheese? What did you think about that Amy story I sent you? Let me, I'll, I'll look it up. You Wait, what, what did about. she, did no, she Amy's... use a body part to, no. No, I liked that piece. You did? I'm oh. shocked. Why would you be shocked? Because it's all about convenience. It's reverse engineering, though. Lazy ass, fast food culture. Drive on through and you get your... You think that shit's going somewhere? Because it ain't. <sighs> or you should... Th- no. Wait, let me rephrase that. You, you think ra- that shit's going anywhere? Because it ain't? I don't know. Convenience. <laughs> We're hooked. We're addicted. This is civil Opiate of the masses. It's uh, Lilani Clark. From Soup to Fries, Amy's joins the Clean Fast Food Club. Mm-hmm. You know Amy's? Do you buy any Amy's stuff? Uh, I used to buy their pot pies, actually. I'll bet you They're did. They're famous for their pot pies. Pot you pies, know when I used to burritos. buy their pot pies? Mm. Back in my Mickey's drinking days. <laughs> yeah, that's how long I've been at this I shit. I thought back then you were like the vegetarian just eating. What were you just eating? No, no, no. That was, well, okay. My, um, just let me, cheese? Let, let me, I might have to run through this again. I forget which episode we discussed 40 ounces in, but in my early 20s, Colt 45 was my thing, <clears throat> which you're drinking right now. Then I moved to Chicago, and the liquor store right by our house didn't have Colt 45. They had Mickey's. Hmm. I was like, oh, I remember liking Mickey's. In the green bottle. Yeah. Irish. That's right. So I, then I got into Mickey's, and I started drinking Mickey's. So that's like a, that's my late 20s. That epoch is Mickey's, defined by Mickey's. The Colt 45 era was, veg- was really unhealthy vegetarianism, mm-hmm. you know, just like my ramen hack where I would use vegetable bouillon and then the noodles from a ramen back and I just Life ate a lot of hack. cheese and bread. Yeah, that's right. As our Chicago, live tweeter eating... Cara Hopkins would say, you just sounded poor. Yeah, I was kind of poor. You were the worst kind of vegetarian and you really just sounded like you were poor. But hey, you know what? Rather than eating low quality meat, I was just eating, you know, nutritionally unsound mm-hmm. carbs. But in my Mickey's days... I was eating tongue tacos, as we now know. <laughs> Popping taste buds. And eating mad fucking Amy's pot pies. Really? Oh, yeah, when I worked at the Senior Citizen Center. Oh, we've That's done what that, I cook yeah. every day for lunch. Huh. Maybe not every day, but... So, for that reason, yes, I know who Amy's a- are, a- is. A- so, you're a fan. Well, So, they are a legacy... Yeah, they've been around forever. Foundational, pioneering brand. Mm. In natural and organic. Old guard. Correct. Old guard. Yeah. But pretty, well, I, you've just changed my mind. Wait, hold up that 40. You got, you got to at least get down past the cone. <laughs> I'm, I'm carrying all the weight here. Well, I, what do you mean? I've been talking my ass off. You, you drink when I talk. <laughs> How we do this? <laughs> it's episode 10, baby. Pioneering brand. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of thinking, uh, I, I was, I was, I was uh, thinking what I assumed you would think. Like, don't, ah, crap, why are they going this way? <laughs> why are they going this way? Just, you know, make good stuff. Don't make it too easy for people. Maybe you just changed my mind. Here's what they're doing. Why? I can't remember why you just changed my mind. Because they're reverse engineering. No, because they're an old guard brand who's shaking it up and trying to be new guard. 
I don't think it's so much that. What I'm seeing here is we've talked about this a lot too. I think la- I went I went off on this last week, right? Eric Schlosser's book, how I was hearing. Yeah, yeah. can you hearing, read a new book? It was just a pivotal book. I was reading that in my Mickey's forty ounce drinking days. Yep, still going back to working it. as a valet. Reading that book, sitting there waiting for cars. Maybe this is going to get to be like an angry podcast. No, I'm not angry at all, but I'm, here's what I'm going to tell you. So what I was saying last week, right? Mm-hmm. He gives ample Did we ever set advice. this story up? <laughs> no, we still have not set this <laughs> Amy's, up. Well, Amy's is launching a drive through fast food style restaurant thing later this summer. Right. With like, it's essentially vegetarian and or vegan and or gluten free. I don't think there's any meat. And it's uh, mostly organic. Oh, yeah. You clearly read it while you were drunk on Mickey's. No, I didn't. All right, I'll find that part. Doesn't Mickey's make meat products? Don't they have meat in some of their products? Or am I thinking of a different brand? (laughs) Jesus Christ, I don't know. Wow. (laughs) Falling flat here. Let me make my point. (laughs) Go ahead. My point was that that book, (coughs) Fast Food Nation, (laughs) gave... All sorts of sage advice. Said McDonald's. Oh, no, you're right. There's meat. Yeah. You could still make a lot of money. Just stop doing these things. There's, you know, they gave him a fucking blueprint for how to be less asshole-ish and still make some money. And actually, if they hadn't been idiotic about their whole fucking approach, they wouldn't be losing market share right now. So I think what Amy's doing is stepping in, saying, since you buttholes didn't want to do this. I think you're right. We're going to give it a shot. Because, look, we actually been paying attention. I like that they're going right at fast food. Right. Instead of trying to dance into this fast casual world. I think that's one of my favorite things. Fast casual? No, that they're avoiding that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Bullshit. Fast casual. Not that those restaurants, I mean, those restaurants are okay, but, like, I hate that, I don't know, that, that there's this forced delineation between the two of them it makes no fucking sense just because one doesn't have a drive-through mm-hmm. come on drive through is key it has to get to have it like uh ordered a inside your window in three and a half minutes yeah is it three and a half i think it's three and a half i mean unfortunately right. the, what about this other Did you know about this roy Choi uh local local you don't know about this you're not giving me much here what what's in the article it's sort of the other comparison point of... Oh, yeah, well, they talk about some smaller brands, like lo- like small chains. Well, Roy Choi is like a badass. He's a... Oh, he's the LA guy, he's right? The, he is the, he's, the, he's the street food. He's the truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I make, uh, I make uh, cook ketchup fried rice all the time, just because I heard him talking about it in NPR oh. once. Yeah. I was like, yeah, because that was like the first thing he learned to cook for himself, was yeah. ketchup fried rice. He's trying to... And he's with, uh, I think it's Patterson. There's another sort of... Fancy chef. James Patterson, Long Came a Spider. <laughs> Great book. It's the other book I read. <laughs> I feel like you're channeling Carney when you say that. Um, the Danzig. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Boom. Look at my books. <laughs> That's the other book I read. <laughs> um, is it Patterson? Yeah, Daniel Patterson. All right, Daniel Patterson. Famous chefs in uh, California tackling the fast food challenge as well. Yeah, I'm, I mean... Yeah, I guess I'm torn because I'm tired of the convenience of obsession. But if this is the way to shake things up, then fine. Unseat these moron big companies who are just completely out of touch, blinded by bottom line, blinded by profit. Quote, this is Choi talking to paper, on, which is my. a place. <laughs> Come on, right, Choi Toy. Right, 
Ugh. Right now, we have a whole society that's been eating preservatives and processed food that's being brainwashed by billions of dollars of industry, and we can't just say, yo, eat this kale. Oh, yeah, I remember. So that. what we have to do is pick food in a, stru- in a pick food in a structure? Put food in a structure? I don't know. That makes sense. But then inside the structure is real food. So, for example, there are chicken nuggets on our menu, but those chicken nuggets are made using really good birds, using rice flour to coat it. Making a sauce out is of real tomatoes. Is this still Roy Choi? It is. is I'm is still Is he like coming. twisting those chicken necks himself? Making a sauce out, out of real, uh, real tomatoes and soy. I'm not going to talk over you. Real soybean. No, wait. Uh, making a sauce out of real tomatoes and soybean and fermented chili paste. But they don't know any of this. They just think it's chicken nuggets. Yeah. That's tricking you. It is. I also like that Amy's has decided to not try and market this as healthy food. Mm. That was a point in the article too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it's because it's, it's, it's French fries, right? Well, yeah, it's like we we we're not going to be able to sell this shit if it's not fried, right? Yeah, like, game over. But it's better fried. ingredients, and we know where we got them, and we yeah. we really labored over the supply chain. Oh yep. yeah, we're not calling it farm to table. <laughs> I feel like we responsibly we, did we lose the thread on that uh, that farm to table article. I, there's no telling, man. <sighs> Bear with us. We're off kilter, but we're coming back. We're Second half. Here we go. Let's bring it home. Well, drink some of that 40, man. That's the problem. Okay, fine. You your take sh- over. It's getting warm. It's Holmes. time for our sponsor. So while Mark drinks his 40, I'd like to mention that this episode of NatchCast is brought to you by pears. Pears. Nature's brownest fruit. Sometimes they're mealy. Sometimes they're sweet. Always good for you. Find them at your local grocer under P for pears. Alphabetized. But what, you don't believe me? Is that what you're telling me? Is that why are you looking at me that way? You don't believe me? It's fine. You don't have to take my word for it. Natchcast regular. Dr. Zubas. Thanks, Josh. Pears are great. I eat them on salad. I eat them out of my fist. I eat them with a little local raw honey. Pears, man. The Fender Telecaster of the fruit world. Pears. Were first cultivated by Wilhelm von Stott in a small hamlet outside of Stockholm called Viet. That's right. Wilhelm took some seeds from a fruiting weed growing under his outhouse, mixed them with just a dash of miracle grow took out his needle and zapped in a dash of eel poot DNA. Voila, pears. Thanks, Wilhelm. I sure do love my pears. Wow, thank you, Dr. Z. If you're a fruit like Dr. Z, interested in sponsoring NatchCast, give us a ring on our cellular telephones with an email to tips at natch.is. Back to the show. And we're back. That was a fun little aside, wasn't it? Pears. Pears. You're oddly quiet. No, I'm going to read you something. Oh, okay. The government, the United States government. On or off with those glasses? What is going on? Of America is proposed. I can't sit them on my head with the glasses so they're not comfortable. The government is proposing a ban on foliar application of lethal pesticides. Foliar. You're going to have to spray. Spray it on the leaves. What, with like a spray bottle? Or like a drone skeet? An industrial sized drone skeet, probably, yeah. Like just a giant drone cock? Just. Not quite. A, you're, there's a ban on that while honeybees are pollinating crops under contract to a grower. 
The proposal is this. I'm reading Chuck Abbott reporting at Fern Food Environment Reporting hey, Network. Have, uh, he's we a friend Chuck. of the show. Yeah. Well, he might not know about the show. He he's might not, not know that he's a friend of the, of the show, show, but we'd like to be your friend, Chuck. Right. We would. Um, the proposal is to appear today in the federal thirty-day count. Honeybees are a vital pollinator of dozens of crops, but have suffered large annual population losses. He doesn't say it. It's called colony collapse disorder (CCD) mm. Mm. Uh, in recent years. Parasites, disease, poor nutrition, pesticide exposure, and genetics are believed to be factors. So they rent out these colonies of bees when it's time to pollinate a crop. Mm-hmm. You got that? Yep. <laughs> Now. It's easy to picture. And now the EPA has said, you can't spray this crap when they're there. The neonics, the neonicotinoid pesticides banned in the EU, not here. Mm. What's going on, buddy? I love bees. Moving on. You know what's, you know what's going to happen, though? This is what's really sad and weirdly glorious, but mostly sad. About the same time that bees just cough their last little insect breath last little bee dies right around that same time drone bees little tiny motherfucking robot bees that'll just pick up right where they left off and pollinate everything yeah but they'll do it like hyper efficiently yeah you only need like one yeah it'll be like 10 maybe 10 a squadron yeah that's of it. robo bees but you know what else they'll pollinate be doing? all of the world's crops they'll be peeking in your window on the side watching whatever you do yeah nighttime and you're not gonna know you think you're under surveillance you're now? Care, you wait man. till the drone bees are here. You're not going to care. There's so many apocalypses out there. There are. God damn it. I don't know what to do. I'm you sorry. know what's really freaky? You? Besides me? This whole notion of, uh, of uploading your consciousness, of singularity. That's, that's right around the same time as drone bees. I think that's kind of weird. <laughs> what? Look, this, I'm going to tie deep, this back to food, deep. okay? Deep, you know what I'm going to tie this to? Thought. Fucking yeah. compost, all right? Oh, now There's, I'm ready. There is beauty in death and decay. We are all meant to die and decay. And that I think that includes all the bullshit little synapses bouncing around in our heads. All these memories. Let them go. Let them go. Don't hold on to anything. No. Anything. Don't. If uh, You got something you like and love? Don't. Yeah, it's all. It's supposed to be fleeting. Wait That's a what minute. That's what makes it no, special. No. It's okay to love and like it, but don't grab onto it and think you're going to have it forever. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, you have to be prepared Not to let go. Not don't love it or like it. No, love it. Love it and oh, realize that part death. of loving it is realizing that it won't last forever. In death, there is meaning in life. Exactly. If shit, if, if nothing dies, then nothing matters. What are the stakes? Zero stakes. Uh, it's like, listen... Dark, dangerous times. If anybody's still listening to this podcast, everyone, edge of the seat. <laughs> I knew. I know what you're talking about because I'm sitting like Mark usually sits. He's yeah. on. A, I'm sitting on the floor. Fidgety. Oh, my feet are falling asleep. And you're having. Yeah, they are. And they're. You're having trouble staying on the mic. I've noticed. I know. You're moving around. It's an exercise in empathy, Mark. Welcome to my world. Happy to be here. Clearly not. <laughs> No, I'm happy to be here because discomfort, there's there's lessons to be learned. <laughs> there's lessons to be learned in my discomfort, god damn it. Amazon. Dot com? Yep. Stupid logo. See what they're up to? They yeah. Want, they want to sell you food. They do. It's all part of, speaking of fucking drones. That's why I did same this. Same shit we've been talking about forever. That was a good segue. Yeah. 
got you out of the clouds and your deep dark hole wherever you were going into a new brought deep you dark back hole. to reality from the wall street journal amazon plans to add its own line of food milk baby food and household products would carry elements label i don't even know what the elements label is it's their private label yeah Make your own. St- oh, like diapers. Safeway Select or what's that? Never bought their diapers. Private reserve. Where'd you buy diapers? Did you buy diapers? Yeah. Did your kids just wallow in the compost? Fertilize no. the earth? <laughs> no, I was very non-hippie about diapers. We just bought huge boxes of diapers at Costco. Yeah, that's what we did. Threw them away. Hell yeah, I did. They're in a landfill. Somewhere in a landfill. Yeah, there's got to be like... They'll go, they'll... Practically a ton of you know what? kid shit. Is that the one that has the Just plasticizing our- stuff that ends up in your food? Little beads of micro nano plastic that I mean, you end up eating? It serves us right. Of course. <laughs> what? <laughs> nothing's free. No, nothing is free. Especially convenience. Hell yeah. But there is nothing more convenient than a diaper, honestly. Ooh, God. You think changing a diaper is bad? Think about like having to, what? What were you doing? Picking it up off the floor all the time before diapers? Uh, no, you were using cloth. Okay, you're having to rinse that out of cloth. <laughs> oh yeah, people still time. do it all the time. Yeah, I mean when yeah when we'd have accidents in underwear once uh, potty training was in full swing. Do you think Eustace was getting in the pickup and heading to Costco? No, for all of his illegitimate children. Ooh, slanderous. I don't think he. Eh, he probably. I don't know if he has kids. I'm not going to venture to is say. Is he not? Is he? Is he still alive? Yes. Oh, and my apologies to Mr. Conway. I thought, I was thinking like, n- n- really? Yeah, he's still alive. Oh, all right. Dude, he's probably only in his 50s. <laughs> okay. I have the wrong, I have the wrong conception well, of Eustace It's easy, easy to conjure a different image when I, the way I describe him. That's, that's what makes him so intriguing. Yeah. All right. He's not totally averse to modern Full retraction. He's just kind of like, yeah, I don't need most of it. Oh, well, I like that. I'll shoot and eat a squirrel for dinner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll eat its tongue. Yeah. There's probably some vegetable in here somewhere. So would you buy food from Amazon? Uh, That's why I flagged this article. I, I wanted to get inside the psyche of Josh Tyson. I've kind of never cared for Amazon as a mm. service or a brand. I, I don't like their logo. Uh, it's muddled and confusing. That's it? It's just logo? I mean, I was... Um, I Do was you a- really like the Netflix logo? Yeah, actually, it's a lot better. Have you looked at Amazon? Maybe it's just Amazon Prime's logo. It's like the word Amazon, and there's like an arrow from the A to the yeah, Z. In case you didn't get it, they have everything A to Z. I don't have Prime. Oh, I don't know. It's muddled and kind of busy. Because I really don't like Amazon. Well, I was a late adopter. I hardly ordered anything off Amazon, and then uh, my wife heard about Amazon Prime from a friend, and like you get preferred shipping on certain items. Oh, and then look they- at you. You're all... I can I tell my story? Here? You think you're gonna hurt my feelings by calling me a hypocrite? Oh, oh you I've knew called I, you myself kn- out of the you show. You knew where I was going. Times. Was it that obvious? Yeah, you were trying to sniff out my bullshit. It's everywhere. I'll smear it on your nose. I don't fucking care. All I'm saying is, I was God, Mr. N- anti convenience. Like eh, you get expedited shipping. Let's get it. I'm in. How much? I'm not. I'm. I'm a part of the problem too. I'm not like some asshole. Saying, oh, you slaves to convenience, you. I I interrupted. I'm so sorry. Yeah. You better hope I didn't lose my train of thought, which I didn't. On a whole whole cohort of things that you order, you can get two-day shipping for free. Yeah. It's not everything. I know. But then they also throw in like, oh, you also get this free video service that's comparable to Netflix. Yeah. 
And everything about Amazon Prime as a TV service is, I don't know, it's not the, the, the usability, the UX hmm. pales in comparison to Netflix. Not that Netflix is outstanding, but it's better. But they kind of have a better selection sometimes, and I don't know. What? This is... N- oh, my God. I'm just saying. Like, I don't... What about the food, all right? I don't feel good about it is what I'm getting to. So, like, you, so there's use, something about the brand identity of Amazon that turns you off a little bit. You're like, nah. But it's, but it's all so foggy in my head because... I've got my fill. Because now through Amazon Prime, I'm like, oh, wait, my I two can... Two-day shipping. I can watch... Extra, extra video on demand. The first season of Veep for free. And I've always wanted to watch that show, and HBO makes good shit. So which brand am I supporting now? HBO Go, get that. That's the point, chip. though. Yeah, it's all. This is this is the monopolization of everything. This is pretty soon. It's just like we're going to get everything from like you are so five weird. fucking companies. You're like a conspiracist. That's not a conspiracy. It's the writings everywhere on the walls. <laughs> How could you not see that? So saith the conspiracist. <laughs> no, so saith the guy who just read an article about Amazon now wanting to sell their own line of food and everything. Yeah, I don't know if I would buy it. Although I have heard that um, some of these delivery services are able to provide like just amazing vegetables that they, they, they partner up with the local food supply and they get the farmers here and there and this farmer's market and co-op and they CSAs, they tap into it. And they bring door to door organics. Oh yeah. Well, smaller ones than Amazon for sure. Right. But they're able to give you like better vegetables than you would ever get anywhere else. Also delivered to your door for just maybe $400 a shipment. It's the good and bad of all of this. But that's where, you know, maybe Amazon at scale is able to give you, like, high-quality stuff. Well, if you read that article, their diapers were leaky. <laughs> and they had to recall them. There is something kludgy about the brand. Kludgy? Yeah. I almost stuttered on it, but I didn't. <laughs> anyway, I'm with you. I don't think I'd buy them, but I'm, I'm more intrigued with these delivery options. Groceries would definitely be the last thing I would succumb to buying from Amazon. Mm. What about a delivery service in general? Would you go that way with food? It's such a hassle, man, to go to the grocery store. Is it? Well, I don't know. I'll tell you what. When you have kids and you get a I chance. Do. Yeah, right? Okay, think about this. I'm All right, going Hold to, on, I'm going to close my eyes. Close your eyes. Picture. Okay, there's two things. Going to the grocery store with your kids. Ugh, no. Terrible. Well, but, it's almost okay now. Yeah, it's getting better. But still, what Not about great. when yeah. Jenny's at home and you yeah. get to say, I'm going to the grocery store you know, you have the kids. You get uh-huh. to go to the grocery store, just you. You get you get 45 minutes of just you shopping at the grocery store. You're telling me that is not like something you kind of look forward to now? Uh, it's like, it, it amounts to peace, the closest thing to peace and quiet that we have. Mm-hmm. You got like an uplifting story over no, there? No, we're done with all the stories. How much of that 40 you got left? Uh, just about uh, the last third. You didn't even get down to the label. Oh, I didn't. Where are you? Let me see. I'm a little past the label. See, these are the measuring points on a right, 40. Get past the a, label. It's, it's one big sip. All right. Cool you get, your jets. You get past the cone. That's, oh, a, that's, a mark. that's sort of like a mile marker. Past the label. I mean, it's only a little bit further down. But yeah, it was like a very reliable, especially once you had your brand. Each brand has a slightly different alcohol content. Mm-hmm. Once you got your brand, as long as you're not totally overdoing <laughs> it, you kind of know, like, this is how I'm going to feel. After Find I drink one thing Mickey's. Feels right. You stick with it. I'm going to drink two Mickey's tonight. That means I'm probably going to eat tongue tacos later. Oh, two of those would be a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a way to kind of measure. Wait a minute. I think that would be 80 ounces. Yeah, it would be. It's a way to measure out your stupor. Let me tell I got something that'll elevate this. What's a normal can? Eight ounces? 
or 12. 12. A 12. can of beer is 12 ounces. 12, yeah. So this is like what? I knew that. A little over three beers. Good math. Uh-huh. See that? I actually worked that out earlier in case the... Three this, this, and a third. Three and a third beers. <laughs> you know what? Did that earlier. I'll do a little segue for you. So Natch, Natch Rancher, Dave Carney, right? Uh-huh. He used to... Uh, he was the editor-in-chief of Big Brother Skateboarding Magazine. It was like the holy grail of skateboarding magazines. It was the one with the cussing and the boobies in it. It was a great magazine. And all, all I wanted to do was just have an article published in Big Brother. And while this wasn't the first article I got published in Big Brother, it was like kind of the biggest deal one, but it was a, a field report. It was kind of like that rig- rigorous uh, journalistic piece about the, the guy who concocted the whole yeah, uh, yeah. fake chocolate You lived it. Study. Oh, yeah. Gonzo, baby. Game called Edward Forty Hands. Plimpton-esque. Edward Forty Hands, which is apparently kind of a frat hazing ritual. But uh, I heard about it from this guy, Ryan, who uh, he dated one of the servers at a restaurant where I valeted. And we became buddies. So we decided, yeah, we're going to play Edward Forty Hands. It was like four or five of us entered the competition. What you do is each buy two 40 ounces. You have to have some people on hand, like some ladies, to, or it could be men. To help out, and you, you hold the 40s, and then an assistant duct tapes a 40 mm. ounce to each hand, so your hands become useless essentially. And then someone decaps all the 40s, and then there's a little toast, and then it's a race to the finish. Oh, jeez. But you know, you can't, you can't do anything this until is a you sport finish your for 40s. The young. <laughs> Tell you what, I think I finished two Colt 45s in 15 minutes, and then probably went and had tongue tacos, but. And then I threw up in a bucket a little bit too. <laughs> uh, I have an article coming out tomorrow on nutri <laughs> ingredients, which is the uh, primary news source for the supplements industry about the importance of transparency in your supply chain. Mm. So we'll link to that as well. We'll have that link and then we'll have Josh's story. Fair and balanced. That's how we do it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's good. So here we go. We talked about uh, chacophilia. We talked about uh, uh, farm to table. Get rid of that. Amy's drive-thru. We welcomed a sponsor. Bees. Drone a little bees. Bit, a little bit of reprieve for the bees. And then, then we segue to the drone bees. So Sorry, bees. Oh, I, I missed the belly button. People making... Uh, what were they making out of belly buttons? Cheese. What were they making out of uh, vaginas? Yogurt. And then we uh, almost finished these 40s. Restaurant trends in general, most of them suck. Farm Oof. to table is just kind of the most tangled one. Yeah. Well, but did you see that it was, uh, we're talking about Dan Barber with Spencer, right? Mm-hmm. I saw him in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan Barber. Like, talking he's got about, like a family farm. Tar- right? Talking about farm to table is passe. Like the really legit people now have the farm. Yeah. They're sourcing everything in the restaurant from the farm. That is theirs. Well, it seems, or it Dan's seems even more beyond like, that. He's doing some crazy stuff with new for, for just species of wheat and sweet potato and and malt for malt. He's liquor. making crazy cheeses and yogurts. Let's hope not. No, but I think the thing is, I think what what proves out here is just that it, at this point, if you're in a certain caliber of restaurant, it should just be kind of you should be able to just kind of ascertain that the food is probably from a local farm. De rigueur. You would just kind of expect it. Right? 
And that maybe there would be someone on staff, not akin to maybe a sommelier, which you I guess it would just be the freaking chef. You could say, if, if you say to your server, like, I really enjoyed this pork chop. I would like to know a little bit more about where it came from. Have you ever done that? No. I've never done that. No. And in fact, I kind of uh, was nodding my head as I was reading in the article. The author was saying like how annoying it is sometimes to like yeah, try just, and read around all the sourcing information. Yeah. I think my I mean, I like thing- what you're saying. Like make it just sort of the expectation. Yeah. Oh, that's all it is. Of, of Yeah. I don't know. My whole thing. I remember once uh, I got real excited because Westward was hiring for a restaurant critic. And I'd been working at oh. a, at a advertorial dining magazine for a long time. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, dream job. And then I, as I started applying for it, I was like, is this really a dream job? Do I really want to go <laughs> eat at restaurants constantly? Constantly. And have to like come up with interesting shit to say about something that I'm actually, yeah. as much as I enjoy eating and food, like I just don't. I'm not going to complain much. I think six months in, you'd be like, I have said everything there is to say. I'm going to have to really start stretching. I'm going to have to go all Portlandia I think even more than that. I think just complaining about food, Uh. unless it's like totally inedible, is so bougie and terrible. Mm. I mean, really. Like, it's kind of gross. Like, foodie culture grosses me out for that very reason. It's like, really, you... And we've talked about this before, too. But, I mean, you're going to sit and bitch about the temperature of your burger or something? I mean, like... Christ, you have something to eat. Someone spent some time making it for you. That should be enough. Well, for 99 cents, you bet. For $9. I mean, Jesus. Ooh. Ooh. $9, that's how much, $9 that's how much the value menus are going to be at Amy's drive through That's right, but not Nine at local. Bucks. Not at local. 99 cents. This guy wants to give it to the people that need it. Well, that's great. You can't pay 9 bucks for I'm just saying, people shouldn't. People in America should not bitch about food as much as they do. We shouldn't all be a nation of food critics. I get it. Ooh. Like it's not like A.A. A. Gill. Speaking of Vanity Fair, A.A. A. Gill, he writes amazing food criticism for Vanity Fair. Oh. But it's like a big story. It's not just like, yeah, I'm and then they there. brought this and it was not to my liking. Yeah. That classic mold of the food critic. No mm-hmm. dice. You want the story. I don't want to yeah, waste my yeah. time with it. Yeah, right? Yeah. Well, it's not even so much the classic mold. It's just like everyone's a food critic all of a sudden because everyone's mm. a foodie and everyone loves foodie culture. It's like, how about just enjoying food and the fact that you have food to eat? <laughs> Let's let that be enough for the most part. But yeah, let some people who really know You do know realize their shit. we have a podcast, one hour a week, talking about food. I know, but that's what I'm saying. We're talking about just in, like reveling in the glory of having food to eat. Mm. We are? Kind of. Mm. I mean, that's what Eat More Salad's all about. Eat More Salad, hashtag. Right? I mean, we're, we're interested in all these weird products that are coming up, but I think the bigger thing is like, let's simplify things we a little bit. We are striving for a bigger goal. And let's not pretend like we deserve or to do need with the 40s. complex shit. That's true. You know? Maybe a little complex shit is okay, but eh. I don't want I don't want it in the fabric of my life. My life is complicated enough. It's both complex and so simple. your meal bars. So simple to make cheese, no, yogurt out of vagina. No, actually, Bacteria. that seems like it would require a laboratory of sorts. I bet not. You think? You just, what, little pap smear and go? A little home kit? There's a 40-ounce, there's a varietal. They had it at the liquor store tonight called Steel Reserve. Imagine a bottle this size. <laughs> yes. I think the ABV on that one's probably about 5%. We're talking 8.1% on the Steel Reserve. Just <laughs> wretched. <laughs> wretched. Uh, you drink two steel reserves, 
something's wrong. <laughs> you might not see tomorrow. What's the best food to pair with two steel reserves besides tongue tacos? Mm, probably 7-Eleven nachos. Oh, man. Oh, or you know what the life hack is there? How about a life hack? I got one for you. I mean, I, a lot of people probably know this, but the, the chips at 7-Eleven are often quite stale. What you do? I have not been in a Seven Eleven in at least fifteen years. Aren't you special? Look at you. I've been in one recently, but I've not had Seven Eleven nachos in probably twenty years. Just had a hot dog. Hopefully longer than that. God no. But no, you buy a bag of Doritos. Hmm? You pop it open in the shop, and then you just press down on that cheese lever and just fill it up with the nacho cheese. Oh, squirt some chili in there too. Shake it up. Oh man. Probably should get a latex glove before you eat it, but yeah, steel reserve and a Doritos bag filled with uh, <coughs> plasticine cheese and reeking chili. So there you go. There's your food pairing. The kids these days, have you had the, uh, the like the, um, what do they call the fiery hot Doritos or the, uh, the Cheetos, I think flame and che- hot flame and hot. Kids these, days. kids these days like they're that eating stuff. them like they're junk food. Yep. They're eating them like baby carrots these days. <laughs> Tell you what, oh, that could be the good. That could be our quote for the next gram. Flaming, flaming hot Cheetos. Flamin hot Cheetos. Eat, eat them, them like, like they're baby. baby carrots. There you go. Oh, we just did a whole freaking pivot on the pivot that the ad culture wants us to not know happened. Mm. We took it back from them. We did. We're reclaiming what they tried to claim. We want it back. Peace out. That's it, folks. Mission accomplished. Episode 010. The 40 ounces. My first. Did I like it? I don't have an opinion. It was alright. Didn't taste too bad. Didn't taste too good. Just like life. Not too bad, not too good. But get in it. Live it. Feel it. Love it. Like it. Don't grab onto it. Don't grab onto it. They'll take it away. You know where to find us? Instagram, Twitter, online, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. Oh, it hurts my head to think about so many platforms. We love you. It's good to be with you. Come on back. Match cats. I can't hear.